1: Hello, you are looking live at Ivy Nation Sports Talk. How we doing tonight? Hope you're having a good one with Jesse Stiers. I'm Sean Stiers. As we roll in to Thursday, we have got, what, about 36 hours or so, something like that, give or take, a little more than 36 hours, I guess, until Notre Dame and NC State kickoff. Don't forget, of course, this weekend, the IB Countdown to kickoff, Pod, we're actually going to drop that <clears throat> since it's a noon kickoff Saturday. We're going to drop it a little earlier than usual. We're going to drop it Friday night. So countdown to kickoff. Both the uh, the YouTube and the podcast version will drop Friday night for your listening and viewing pleasure. How you doing, Jesse?
2: I'm doing actually really well. Um, I had a fantasy foot my last fantasy football draft last night. Uh, league I commission you play in, have a bunch of friends that play in it as well. Um, the and, and I was sandwiched. I don't know if you know this, but last night I was sandwiched by like two of my best friends. So I picked, um, I picked third, my other good friend picked second, then my other good friend picked fourth. And the amount of um, fu texts I got <laughs> last night was pretty substantial. Um, so that I was fun. Mean- on-
1: that's what happens. I wished that I could F you a few people. It's like, <laughs> how many times? It's like you're eyeballing a guy. He's falling. He's falling. Three more picks. Boom. He's gone now, you know? And uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to throw those out to a few people, but I held off. So.
2: But then today um, was a good day of work. Um, I always get sushi from my favorite uh, sushi place, uh at work so that was good for lunch today and then obviously tonight is the, you know the wait is over the drought is over we get some yep. NFL football so i fired up for that too and I'm I'm four wins away from the Cubs being at 80 wins so it, it's panning out to be a good win some weekend. cash
1: on that does it yeah, have to be 80 or do you need 81 to actually win the money
2: 80 plus so okay. 80 on the do- I mean I, I told someone the other day not to get cocky but at this point it's not a matter of uh if it's, it's relatively going to be a matter of when at this point. So I'm hoping it's this weekend. Um, extra sweet.
1: Tyler asking who we picked. I had the number one pick. I got Justin Jefferson. I ended up, I, I, I was pretty happy with my team. You drafted you know, well last that. night. I thought I did.
2: I thought <laughs> I did. You I had too. the number three pick, um, and Chase went second. So I was I was strong-armed into having to take Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Um, and I'm not a fan of going running back, running back, but I did it. And I think it's the first time I ever did. It. I went Christian McCaffrey and then Josh Jacobs. So we'll see how it goes.
1: I'm, uh, I'm old school fantasy football. Um, I've been my first two years playing fantasy football. I drafted Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith as rookie running backs. Oof. So that's, uh, that, that's how long it's been. It's been <laughs> a little
2: while. Back when you had to actually keep track on like a a piece of paper of who was gone and what your rankings were. There was actual more work that went into it.
1: Exactly. There were no websites and all that kind of stuff. Our guy, the the first time we played the commish, he had these sheets of paper and we had to fill out a sheet of paper and hand him in our lineup before the game started and all that stuff. And there was always people accusing other people of cheating with their lineup because, (laughs) (laughs) you know. It's like just all kinds of stuff going on. Those were the days. Those were the days. So I flashed back to to my Barry Sanders drafting as a rookie running back, and I got Jameer Gibbs with my second pick last night. I was pretty happy
2: about that. Yeah, too. and this is this is my favorite league because of you know it's a combination of like. A lot of old school players, um, yourself included, and, and you know some of some guys that you've been yep. playing fantasy with for a long time, and then I was going to say my friends who are kind of like the newer fantasy players. Right, my my buddy Eric,
1: who of course you know your godfather, he and I played in that same league together when I drafted Barry Sanders back in our army days. He's uh, the guy from from my army days that I still. Uh, keep track with the moats. We have been playing fantasy football for the better part of what, 30, whatever, how many years but we've, <laughs> we've taken a couple of years off here and there. So it's probably a total of 30 of the last 35 years or something like that. And then my buddy, Randy, who, uh, who I was in college with as well as, is part of the league and, and uh, he and I and Eric have been together for the better part of those 30 years. So. We've, uh, we've, we've
3: us, us old guys have been at it
1: for a while. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get to business. We've got some Notre Dame to talk today and Marcus Freeman held his Thursday zoom with the media earlier this afternoon. And we got an update on Devin Ford, the kickoff returner, as well as Nolan Ziegler, the linebacker whom we have not seen this year here. So here are a couple of updates on those guys. Uh, Devin will be out, um, still in
4: concussion protocol from the last game. Uh, Nolan Ziegler um, is continuously dealing with a personal issue that it, it has to, uh, it, it really relates to mental health. And so he's progressing, but um, he's just dealing with
1: a personal issue. And um... All right. So, Devin Ford to begin with. The uh, the helmet to helmet hit that he took in last week's game against Tennessee State that was not flagged. He is out with concussion symptoms. Still, he will not play this weekend. Freeman said Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love will be the kickoff return men to uh, to take Devin Ford's place there. So he he really just in terms of in the offense has not been a big of, as big a factor as he has with special teams, Jess. So that's kind of where potentially he will be missed the most, but you've obviously got a pretty couple pretty fast explosive guys potentially out there taking his place with price and love.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that speaks to the depth of, you know, the Notre Dame running back room Um, and something that we've kind of talked about, you know, throughout the season, that's been noteworthy. um, And you're getting a lot of younger guys experience and, you know, price and love are, are guys that provide explosion um, and the ability to, you know, get downfield quickly. So um, as much as it is, it sucks to see Ford out and, you know, because of a hit and because of, you know, concussion protocol and everything like that, I'm, I'm confident that Notre Dame is very well equipped, uh, you know, to, to handle the situation, essentially, um, going forward. And, it, again, it's, it's just it, the only thing to me that it really hurts is the depth that we've talked about. You know, instead of having, you know, five guys in the running back room you're going to have four. You know, maybe maybe they carry a fifth one just in case. I don't know. I don't think that they would. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, not a huge blow overall. You know, Ford's biggest impact is on special teams, I would say.
1: And like Anthony says, he likes the kickoff replacements a lot. Again, you've got a couple of pretty good ones out there, and Jabron Payne has been back there on kickoffs as well. So be curious to see if Payne stays out there or if we get both price and love out there this weekend against NC state. And uh, also, by the way, thank you very much for the super chat, Anthony. We do appreciate that. And then Nolan Ziegler, just unfortunately the mental health issue. He, he missed all of fall training camp Had a, a really good spring, but missed all of training camp. And then as Marcus Freeman says, still dealing with, uh, with that and don't expect him back anytime in the near future, unfortunately. So hopefully things go well. Bernola and Ziegler will obviously be thinking about him.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
5: Football season is upon us, which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal. And it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep, but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed fresh, never frozen meals. You can level up and get gourmet plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus, there are also lunch to go options and protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more you can also try refreshing beverage options like cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies this September get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, Flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy.
1: Now, Jeremiah Love, Jaden Greathouse, a couple of the freshmen, the two probably most prominent freshmen on this team in terms of playing time so far this season they will be experiencing they and any other freshman who are out there on the field at North Carolina State experiencing their first true road game so how do you get those guys prepped for that try to um,
4: explain what it's going to be like you try to show them a video and, and just tell them um, hey this is kind of the environment you're going into nothing's going to be able to truly catch them up until they get the experience of going there and, and playing in a hostile environment. So Chuck, you try to just update, you try to just give them uh, a, a visual of what it's going to be like. Um, you try to do crowd noise in practice so they hear, understand, um, how to execute with, with, um, nonverbal communication. But until you're actually in that element, um, you can't simulate it, and so we have to do a good job of, of being able to execute to take out hopefully some of the the distractions, the crowd noise, and the things that aren't within the white lines.
1: I just, yeah, I realize this is a thing because it's your first road game and all that, and really the team is potentially going to need to use silent counts and some of those different kind of things, but like. How big a a
2: thing is this, I guess? Freshmen going into their first road game environment. Um, You know, I would actually say that freshmen going into the Dublin road game would be more of a a bigger environment than something like North Carolina State, just because it's a bigger stage. You're in a bigger country. I mean, sorry, you're in a different country. um, And, you know, the, the things that kind of correlate with that. Um, so I, I really like the idea of, you know, these freshmen have kind of already gone through a big moment or big adversity when being put on the stage of opening game of the season, you know, playing in Dublin, playing in front of, you know, so many fans in, in, in a professional venue. Um, the only thing that deters me from the North Carolina State game is it's you're obviously your first power five opponent of the season. It's on the road. And I think the thing that is the biggest factor for these freshmen is that it's a noon kickoff, right? And so younger kids, especially um, and and more so freshmen, they need to understand what the preparation is the night before, you know, going in, going through a routine, getting to bed early, getting quality rest, because it's going to be an early morning, Saturday morning, right? Like wake up is probably going to be wake up calls is going to be around six or seven. There's going to be a team meal. They're going to head over to the stadium as a team. They're going to start warming up. Like the process of playing a new game is, you know, everything gets set back. Uh, much earlier, so I think that's the only thing I would in, oh, like initially be concerned with is that their preparation and their rest, um, and then not being tired or lethargic uh, the next morning in preparation for the game.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You you, you do have, Notre Dame obviously doesn't play noon home games, so that's going to be a lot different. Now, thankfully, it's it's not like Big Twelve country where they're playing eleven a.m. Home games because it's a noon Eastern Time kickoff to get it on TV and all that kind of stuff. But like to me, it's like this is this is Finley Carter Stadium in Raleigh. Yeah, you know, like Salty brings this up. The great one played his high school games in stadiums bigger than NC State's. I don't doubt it. Well, maybe that might be fudging a little bit, but it's like a capacity of a little over fifty nine thousand, something like that. It's twenty thousand smaller than Notre Dame Stadium. I think you hit it exactly right. Like going to Ireland, even though that was a mostly partisan Notre Dame crowd, it is still a a different kind of environment, a big atmosphere going into that kind of atmosphere. It's not like you're going into Virginia Tech with with all that comes with that, with you know, with Metallica and Inter Sandman and all that kind of right. stuff. That might actually for a freshman who's never been on the road before, that might actually be an intimidating environment or even Florida state or Texas a and M next year, or any of these different kinds of places. I just, I I don't think that North Carolina state and Finley Carter is going to be necessarily the most intimidating environment, especially for a noon game, big difference between a noon game and a primetime kickoff. I think when you're going on the road for the first time,
2: hundred percent agree.
1: So, Something that might have bigger impact on the game this weekend is the weather, and there are scattered thunderstorms in the forecast for both Friday night and for throughout the day on Saturday in the Raleigh area. So here's Freeman on how you prepare for that weather.
4: Well, I think, yeah, we, we've
1: had a few
4: wet ball practices, right, where, where we attempted went out in the rain during fall camp um and and had to make sure we go out there and understand that no matter what the elements are we have to go out there and perform and uh you know we have a plan we've talked about it amongst ourselves as a staff that hey if it if it rains during a game what's our plan we had to do the same thing for ireland you know with the, the the forecast called for rain uh in ireland and so we have a plan um we are always in communication in terms of hey what uh, playing complimentary football, what's necessary. And so, um, to, to answer your question, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a plan, but also have communication in terms of, um, what's best for both sides of the ball. Um, is it under center? Is it in the gun? Um, how can we make sure that we have a chance to execute and, and not hurt ourselves because we don't have a plan for the, uh, the elements that
1: could, could be there on Saturday? And DJ is actually right. It is, 56,000, not 59,000. Like I said, but still it's, it's even less than what I said before, (laughs) but you know, when I'm, when we're talking about the capacity out there, so potential for some wet footballs out there, did you guys ever, did you ever practice with, with wet footballs
2: and any of that kind of stuff? we never practiced in wet footballs, but we did practice in the rain. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's kind of the situation well, like obviously if you practiced in the rain you would
1: have practiced with a wet football well i think? guess
2: what i'm saying is we didn't deliberately get didn't like saturate well. the footballs and that yeah kind of stuff. and okay. that's kind of what it sounded like with marcus freeman is that on dry days they were maybe trying to get the ball a little bit slippery because obviously you can't you can't manufacture rain, right? Like <laughs> it either rains that day and you practice outside in it or you're doing something to to compromise the football, aka you know, getting it a little bit wet. So mm-hmm. um yeah, we definitely practice in the rain because of you know that there is potential that you're gonna play in the rain. And so there's there's no reason not to practice in the rain, no matter you know how enjoyable it was or how much it sucks sometimes. You you always kind of just practice um in the elements. And I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is that Marcus Freeman just has a plan. Right. Like there's not it's not just hoping that it doesn't rain or it's not just, you know, uh, it, it, there's there is a concerted effort or a concentrated effort by the coaching staff to at least have, you know, some sort of practice with the wet football, because that's ultimately what it is. The rain doesn't the, the rain affects two things, your footing um, and then the slippery, the, you know, how slippery that the football is. And so I think if, if there is going to be rain, Notre Dame has to be surgical um, or precise about when they want to pass the ball because Notre the the run favors Notre Dame. They have a very good running game, a physical downhill running game. So um, I, I would just see you know maybe an uptick in in rushing, and then you know like I said, being more selective when when you decide to pass the ball off the run game or the play action game.
1: That's exactly it. I I think you're right. The rain has to favor Notre Dame because they have the better run game, and they also have the more accurate quarterback. Like we've talked about Brennan Armstrong and we're going to talk about him more here in a minute, but you're talking about, okay, you've got a mobile quarterback, but he is also the less, less accurate quarterback. So I think the combination for Notre Dame of great running game, accurate quarterback with Sam Hartman is you have to favor that much more over much less accurate Quarterback, even if he is mobile, because he is the biggest threat of run that they have. Their their leading rusher from a year ago only had a little over 500 yards. So I, I think it's a I think it's a big check mark to Notre Dame if it does end up being a rainy day out there. Speaking of Brandon Armstrong and NC State, we'll save Brennan Armstrong here for a minute. I hope you've got your whiteboard ready to go because we're going to be breaking it out here. Pretty soon, this next one is going to lead us into the whiteboard. Freeman talking about the NC State three-three-five defense today.
4: Yeah, they're an attacking, aggressive group, and um, you—they play extremely hard. And uh, that's something that you don't always see every week is a group that's so downhill, attacking and aggressive. Um, they, they pressure from all different ways. And, and sometimes they might might not even be pressuring, but their backs are playing um, so fast downhill that it might seem like a pressure. And so um, and then all of a sudden they'll drop eight. So they do a good job of mixing it up. Um, but. We understand that this is going to be a, a very aggressive defense that's really good. They play fast, and, and what you realize is that they're clear on their assignments because we always say, man, clarity equals velocity, and those guys play with, with a lot of velocity. But
1: By the way, Salty, nothing can touch your sweaty balls. <laughs> they're so delicious. So Jesse, there's Marcus Freeman on the three three five. Thoughts on what he said, and then just get your stinking whiteboard ready to go because we're gonna break it out here.
2: Yeah. So you know, Marcus Freeman brings up kind of the biggest point um, w- when talking about the North Carolina State defense is it's it's athletic and it's fast, and that's that's what they want to do. Um, it's high risk, high reward, um, but they ultimately they just want to play fast and they want to play fast downhill. Um, and, and the reason why they're able to play fast is, you know, you you have five linebackers and a lot of time these linebackers um, are again, they're going to be athletically good. They're going to be quicker. And that allows them to, to, to do a lot of different things. So um, I do have some whiteboard whiteboard um, prepared. But I also want to get into some defensive notes, kind of about you know the the three three five and okay, you know, kind of some pros and cons. I again, I, I did this last week. I think it's a good a good thing to have an understanding of what the three three five is, and then you know kind of using the whiteboard um, to articulate. So um, that is what I would like to do. So let me bring Let's up my screen screen so you can have um, some sort of visual representation.
1: And by the way, that was Shwedy, spelled
2: S-C-H-W-E-D-D-Y, Shwedy. Are you done yet? (laughs) No. (laughs) All right, so we are talking about a 3-3-5 defense. Obviously, you have um, three down linemen. You have three linebackers, or sorry, five linebackers, three in the middle, Um, and two of these kind of overhang linebackers that you'll see on the edge, Um, and then three defensive backs, usually two corners and then a free safety um, over the top. So some 3-3-5 notes to get into. Uh, The defense is high high risk, um, high reward, and that difference differs from the 4-2-5 that Notre Dame saw last week against Tennessee State. That is a more conservative, you know, bend-but-don't-break type of defense. Um, The the, the reason why this... um, that this defense is so successful is that you can derive a lot of pressures off of it. Um, and, and some defensive coordinators take a more athletic route um, and, and they're known for, you know, some coordinators would like to drop their linebackers to defensive line. Um, and this allows the defensive line to stunt and be you know quicker essentially. And then you'll also see kind of maybe bigger defensive backs drop down to the linebacker court to work in combination for stunts. So everywhere they want to get more athletic, um, and again, this allows for heavy pressure um, and disguise coverages. Really, that's the big part is the disguise coverages while, you know, bringing some sort of pressure um, at the same time. So some of the strengths of the...
1: Well, and this is this is something, not necessarily this team, because, you know, again, they saw maybe something similar with Navy. But like, you think back to some of these odd fronts that Notre Dame faced a few years back, really, like like Vanderbilt comes to mind ball state comes to mind again that's been a few years but those the odd fronts with with more linebackers standing up off the line like you're talking about that's given the offensive line and the protection fits at times just because like you think well there's only three guys down you know so notre dame's big massive offensive line should be able to handle it but what happens is they they mix up pressures. They bring guys from different places and and stuff like that. And they essentially try to confuse the offensive line in, in terms of where the pressures might come from.
2: Exactly, and that's that's what makes this defense so hard to defend some or you know attack sometimes. It's exactly what you were talking about. It's an odd front, and they'll mix and match mix and match pressures. With their linebackers, um, they'll create four-man, five-five-man pressures with different stunts amongst their defensive line um, and their linebackers. So, you know, some of the bigger strengths uh, for this for this three-three-five defense is it has a ton of flexibility um, and versatility within the scheme. You can move a lot of guys around, um, and, and and that's a, a big one. One of the big overall strengths, um, and, and really too, it's easy to not tip coverage. Um, they can disguise coverage and they can run cover one and cover three um, in the same pre-snap shell, right? So they can come out in the same look that I'm showing here and they can be playing cover one or cover three and you have no idea. Um, and, and what cover one is, is basically, you know, you have man and you have a free safety over top. And then in cover three, these corners are going to bail out and the safety is going to be over top. So they can show the same pre-snap look and you don't know if they're going to run cover one or cover three. And another thing that is really beneficial for them is is even, we've talked about this before, a great thing is pre-snap motion, and that's a lot of what Notre Dame does to to understand coverage. Well, that's not going to help them against this defense because these five linebackers, they just just shift. They pass along the motion, man. So even with motion, you're not going to know what coverage they're playing. There's nothing that's going to tip their pre-snap coverage. So that's a big strength um, of their defense, and it it really allows for their linebackers or their overhang players, these five guys, uh, to work into... Um, the blitzing that we talked about, different stunts with the defensive linemen. Um, and I'd say the last big strength is its, its ability to adjust to different formations. Um, even if teams want to bring in a linebacker or an H-back, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, that all that linebacker has to do is come down and stack with a, you know, with a tight end or an H-back, right? And so again, everyone's just going to bump out a little bit, bump over a little bit, bump over a little bit. And you still have the same five line backers, but again, it's it's just they're they're kind of shifting left and right depending on what the formation calls for. So um, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was you might
1: have you you've got more, so continue and then I'll 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 save my questions
2: as we go. Yeah, so we we just kind of talked about the strengths of the three three five defense. I, I'd like to get into um, some of the weaknesses of the three three five defense and where sure. Notre Dame should exploit. Um, this that's defense.
1: basically where I was going to go, how Notre Dame can exploit it, what you know, some things that they can do to try to take advantage of it, especially with the guy like Hartman and all the different personnel they have.
2: Yeah. So, uh, next thing that we have is, you know, how, how you want to, to attack this. What is the weakness of this defense? Um, the, the big two areas of the field that are going to be highly, highly, you know, attackable by the offense is your edges in terms of the run game. You want to attack the perimeter um, on the edges and, and really get outside, right? Um, and then the other area that you want to attack in the passing game are both of these seams. You want to get up these seams very quickly. So if these are the areas of the field that you want to look to exploit, you want to exploit the run on the edge because you only have three, three defensive linemen. Um, and then uh, in terms of the passing game, you want to attack these seams. You want to get up these seams Um, as quickly as possible so um, those are some of the weaknesses of or I would say like the areas of the field that are the biggest weakness of a 3-3-5 so now I'm going to get into some kind of you know simple concepts or formations that I would expect Notre Dame to run in order to attack this defense okay Uh, so the first thing that I would um, get into if I were Notre Dame is um, again we talked about pre snap in the three three five. There is there's they, they can disguise cover one or cover three. Um, you know in this look right here where you have you know middle of the field, um, two wide receivers split out on either side, and the quarterback in shotgun and the running back you know back there in shotgun with them. I don't see Notre Dame run a ton of this, so I don't think Notre Dame is actually going to run this kind of you know two by two look. I think they'll run a, a, a variation of it because of, you know, what they like to do with their tight ends. So I think that they'd still get into, a, a, you know, a two by two look. It's just one side will have, you know, two wide receivers and the other side would have a wide receiver and a tight end. So you're looking here at a lot of 11 personnel, right? Okay. So what do you do in 11 personnel knowing that the seams are vulnerable and a team likes to run a lot of cover one and cover three? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now uh, for the fans that are looking for the deep ball, this is what this is the game for you because immediately four verts, two guys, one guy up the seam, you know, whether that's the tight end releasing up the seam, you have verts, you have four verts, two guys, two of those verts are on the seam, and then two of those guys are on the outside. That's an immediate, probably the most simple, easiest way um, to, to beat this defense because again, You only, and cover three, you have three guys deep and you got four guys running four verts. If you want to run cover one, then you got one guy over the top and you got a lot of corners trying to play man on some, on some faster and bigger wide receivers. So that is the kind of first concept that I would look at is getting vertical on these guys and getting vertical up the seam. And you've got linebackers
1: trying to cover receivers in some cases as well, which is Yes, big matchup, and
2: that's the thing: is you have exactly you have these kind of linebacker slash you know rover position guys who are trying to guard faster, you know, wide receivers essentially. So that's the first thing that I would look at is running some sort of four verts. And again, the big thing is getting up the seams now, getting up the seams very very quickly because you know seam routes the, the corners are going to try to squeeze, will try to squeeze the seam. With the safety help, it's just a matter of are they going to get there quick enough like you were talking about. Um, and so a good quarterback can hit that route from, you know, uh, on either side of the field. Sam Hartman's got to see these number one wide receivers on each side of the field and be able to drop it to him um, rather quickly. So that's in and, and terms of, you know, uh, first and foremost in the pass game, it's getting vertical quickly. Um, let me go to well, – here's a question from, from
1: DJ. Wouldn't RPO and tunnel screens be successful is what DJ asks.
2: I would lean towards no because that plays into their athleticism and their downhill and their speed and their ability to rally on the ball as linebackers. I, I, you really want to try to stretch this defense out because, again, they're running a lot of cover one and cover three, and if you can get vertical with four guys, you're just basically outnumbering them or asking – You know some of these corners and linebackers to basically play one-on-one coverage down the field. Gotcha. I just think the underneath stuff bails them out, and like like it's it it plays into their advantage of wanting to play you know downhill fast and being athletic downhill.
1: And then you're basically just kind of asking Sam Hartman in a couple of seconds to figure out who's the open man deep and go for it.
2: Yeah, when he's got to run, when he's again, when he's got to diagnose you know the potential of having two coverages off the bat, right? Because it's either cover one or cover three. So. Um, I like the idea of sneaking Chris Tyree or some of these bigger tight ends down the seam.
1: Yeah, that's what I was I think we're all kind of it's a it's a good day because I'm not BK says so looking for Tyree for a big game versus the, the uh the linebackers going up the seam. I like that. I think that is it's another advantage, Notre Dame, in that instance. What else you got?
2: Uh so next screen is again another formation that I would expect Notre Dame to get into and this is, um, uh, it plays into a lot of what we saw last week. I think if you're depending on what hash that you're in, you want to put trips into the field side, um, right? So, uh, what that means is you, you, if the ball's on the right hash, you put three wide receivers um, to the field side in some sort of trips formation. And again, I don't care how you comprise the trips, um, whether that's a tight end and two wide receivers, whether that's three wide receivers, I don't necessarily care. Um, but the reason why the trip in, into the field side is so successful is because it forces um, it forces the Sam linebacker to have to bump out. Right, this this guy right here now has to bump out. Um, and so, if my stuff would coordinate, um, what that means is is now this Sam linebacker has to split has to split the gap between the last guy on the line of scrimmage. And the number three wide receiver to his side, um, and that that now leaves only five guys in the box with five offensive linemen, right? And so these trips will displace the Sam linebacker and allow for an even matchup in the box: five linemen and you know three down linemen and and two linebackers. So you got a five-on-five five matchup. So immediately, what I look for in this instance is you ask your Tackle to reach the the defensive end or the end guy on the line of scrimmage. You ask your center to reach the nose tackle, and now <laughs> um, it, it, this is similar to that to that uh, Jeremiah Love touchdown that we saw last week. When you can pull two guards out in front, I mean, you, you basically have uh, you know again five linemen, and then you got these these two pulling guards it's a two-on-two matchup, right? And so all the running back has to do is get behind these two pulling guards and you got the numbers. There's a hat for everyone accounted for. So um, this, this trips to the field side is going to displace the sim- Sam linebacker, get you even numbers in the box in terms of five-on-five, and then you start pulling these guards out and you just have a good numbers matchup. Um, so that's, that's the, 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 the thing I would look for. And also, and if you're not going to run out of this look, what this does too Is if you have trips to the field side, I guarantee this safety is gonna have to play some sort of help defense over here. So what does that do? That leaves frees up more space. Yeah. That leaves your boundary wide receiver one on one with a corner. Um, I'll take that matchup any time of the week. Again, because of you displace the Sam linebacker and you get even numbers in the box with a five on five matchup.
1: Very good. And what I like about what we've seen of Jared Parker's offense so far is he has done a lot of this using using his personnel and formation to set some of these things up like you're talking about. Case in point, the Jeremiah Love touchdown where he did the same thing, where he shifted guys in one direction, used those big offensive linemen to throw some blocks, and then he's got Tobias Merriweather as a blocker as well Tobias has been a really good blocking receiver so far and uh, yeah, so uh, again I just like the way they have have used their personnel to uh, to kind of maybe show one thing and and make you have to defend one thing and then you just do something else the other way
2: yeah exactly and that's that's a lot of what we're going to see is manipulation of the linebacker displacing those Sam linebackers and making them you know spread out and have to it basically frees up the box in some case and you know, Michael Hahn brings up a good point. The boundary corner is North Carolina's best player, but that's, that's by design. You know, if they're going to run this 3-3-5 defense and knowing that the Sam is displaced and the safety has to help over the top, you're going to put your best coverage corner into the boundary, but you still want to look to exploit that one-on-one matchup at some point.
1: Right. And if he, you know, he can be their best, he can be their best cornerback, you know, coverage cornerback. But if you're running at, the, at him, there's only so much that he can do in that case.
2: Yeah. And so, again, I would expect a lot of, you know, if Notre Dame is on the hash, I would expect a lot of, you know, f- trips to the to the field side to spread this thing out. And then you have options you can run. You know, you have you have the, when you have options of having a hat for a hat, five on five, you can get into a lot of different things in the pass game and the run game. And again, I talked about how do you beat them? Um, in the run game, you have to get to the edge. I don't see Notre Dame running a lot of inside run. I think they're going to get out to the edge with a lot of pulling guards. Um, and they're going to try to, you know, and even though I say that you got to get up the seam, uh, that doesn't, you know, just because you're trying to get up the seam doesn't mean it has to be 20 yards down the field. You know, Hartman, if they're going to blitz Hartman can hit Chris Tyree going up the seam five or 10 yards down the field. It, it, the depth doesn't really matter. It's the part of the field that you want to attack.
1: All right couple of different uh questions here i j j clampett investments am i wrong thinking hartman uncorks the
2: deep ball this no. week that's what jesse was just talking about you you think we're gonna see he is for, going to for the the fans that have been wanting to see that downfield ball or letting sam hartman let it loose it's this is going to be the week
1: and then michael wants to know how good are the nc state linebackers
2: uh, You know, in order to play a defense like this, you have to be you have to be fast and athletic. You got to be able to, you know, hold your own in the run game, but also be able to, to help out coverage wise. I think this defense demands the most out of coverage out of their linebackers because of what I was talking about, how these offenses are going to displace these overhang or kind of Sam linebackers um, in, in the past game. And I'll give North Carolina State credit to their linebackers. Um, their, their linebacker was the ACC player of the week last week or defensive player of the week last week, I'm pretty sure. Um, so the, these linebackers know how to play and they know how to play fast.
1: Yeah, it's going to be uh, a really, uh, interesting matchup up front. G baby saying Jeremiah loves going to have a great game this weekend. Going to be really curious to see what that, you know, what the, uh, what the mixing and matching of the running backs looks like, because this is definitely this, this will be the best defense they've played so far. And it is more unique than what they've seen so far. And they have mixed and matched and done a lot of different things with these backs. They really tried to get estimate outside last week against Tennessee state early on that really didn't work. And finally they just had to let him hammer it up the middle and let him break his own tackles and, and, and get downfield so again curious to see if they kind of stick with that approach with Estime, or does it become more of a jadarian price jeremiah love type game you know with with the with the uh, speed and quickness to get those edges like you're talking about
2: yeah and um you know jeff brown brings up a good uh, a good question here of you know two back looks that for clemson that really opened up their game against in the second half against duke Um, You know, this is this is something I'll always advocate for, especially with Notre Dame's depth at running back um, and what you can do getting uh, one on one matchups with the inside linebackers in this defense is, yeah, I'd love to see two back sets because it gives you um, an advantage of one getting to the edge quicker um, and having options to get to the edge in terms of the run game. And again, if a team wants to run a three, three, five and you you start, you know, you, you get in trips and you displace some of these running backs. Uh, you, you could line up with two running backs and motion, you know, a running back to, to make a trips formation to the field side. Right. Um, and it displaces those guys and it, it, it forces it forces, you know, inside linebackers to have to play man coverage on a running back. And that's something that you always want, um, you know, ideally in a matchup. Absolutely. All right. Anything else for Notre Dame's offense against the NC State
1: defense or you want to flip it to the other side? I think I'm ready
2: to flip it uh, to the okay. other
1: side.
6: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
5: If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Irish for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Irish for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co.
1: Well, let's go to Marcus Freeman then because we know what the focus for North Carolina State is on the offensive side of the football. It is the quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, and here's Marcus Freeman on defending him. I just think it's
4: the the mindset of of your guys that are rushing, right? And and we can't have guys behind the quarterback. We can't give him vertical lanes to step up and escape from, Um, but it's a double-edged sword because I don't want four guys spying quarterback right and, and having a QB spy is something you'll have every game but it's a, a mindset of understanding we have to be controlling our rush um, we can't be out of control we end up behind the quarterback and give him those lanes to escape from but we're, we're gonna have to keep him in the pocket right and it's something we didn't do a great job with at Tennessee State I mean, he got out of the pocket a couple of times though, though both quarterbacks and so we've got to do a better job there but it's just a mentality, and a mindset. Like we have to be aggressive, but we can't be out of control where we end up being the quarterback. Last
1: year, we spoke with Coach Gold. So this quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, is going to be much better than what Notre Dame saw last week against Tennessee State. Marcus Freeman said they needed to do a better job. You know that they they let him get outside a little bit. So do you have your do you have your board? Ready to go in terms of what needs to happen to, uh, to accomplish some of the things that Marcus Freeman was talking about there?
2: Yeah, so getting in a little bit of, you know, stopping... Sorry, let me, let me backtrack there a little bit. Let me first talk about, you know, the biggest thing that Marcus Freeman said and, and how it's playing into, you know, kind of what I'm about to get into myself is he talks about the mindset of his defensive line. Um, and specifically, I, I think it's more geared um, towards his defensive ends, right? Because the defensive ends have the biggest biggest task this week. They have to distinguish between zone read and designed quarterback run. That's a big difference for the defensive end, and it, it, it completely changes your assignment. And that's probably the biggest thing that how uh, Washington has been working on with these defensive ends all week is distinguishing between zone read and designed quarterback runs. And they have to have the mentality of, and like he said, you can't get upfield um, because if you bull rush and get upfield, that's going to create very nice running lanes for Brennan Armstrong. And that's the last thing that Notre Dame wants. Because I, I I, personally see Brennan Armstrong more of a threat as a runner than I do a passer, to me be too. quite honest with you. me too. Um, his passing game complements his running game. It's not yeah. the other way around. So, yeah. um, you know, getting back into a little bit of what I was talking about, You cannot blitz because that is going to create lanes and alleys. And so, you know, as boring as that sounds, Notre Dame cannot. And, and, you know, we've seen the tendency with Al Golden before. He cannot get into blitzing because that is going to create, you know, a blown blitz, a blown assignment. That's going to create an easy lane um, for Brennan Armstrong to, to run down. So what would you expect? You should expect a four down front. Um, You know, that's that plays into, you know, Notre Dame's kind of standard, typical defense. Um, You can expect a lot of zone reads. You can expect a lot of RPOs. You can expect a lot of play action boot um, and you can expect, you know, pure straight quarterback design runs. Those are the things that you can um, expect out of this offense. So how do you beat it? What's the beater for this type of offense? Well, you have to have some sort of manipulation with the, uh, uh, the run fits. So that'll bring me over to my whiteboard. What exactly does that mean? Um, that means that these four guys need to get busy or ooh, I can't even, uh, I don't think this is going to edit quite it doesn't really make any lips. It makes more. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, you have to be concerned about these four guys have to play the best game that they've ever played. Right. Um, they, they can't create alleys. Um, and, and they have to be able to stunt um, how they bring pressure on this North Carolina State front. They just can't keep coming up the field all game. Um, in order to to really manipulate the run game, there needs to be a variation of stunts among this defensive line. So maybe it's you know defensive end is folding in and defensive tackle is folding out. Maybe you know on both sides, and maybe you know sometimes they find a way to bring in one of these linebackers to get a five man stunt, but. It has to be the defensive line has to manipulate the run game by doing some sort of running stunts. Um, the next thing is um, I've, I, this is something that I advocate for uh, a lot and I think it can be very successful. I don't know if Notre Dame is going to do this. I hope that they do this. Um, it, it's what I've known to be some sort of Viking um, stunt. And, and what this is, is you are going to um, instead of bringing your defensive in. He's going to drop into coverage, and now you replace him with a linebacker. So what that does is it allows – first, it's going to throw off the read of the quarterback, Mm -hmm. um, and then second, you're getting a more athletic, more faster guy that is going to have a better chance of tackling someone like Brennan Armstrong. Um, And I not only like that coming out of linebackers, but again, something that we saw a lot of uh, success with last year in the Notre Dame defense is Why not bring this corner off the edge right now and then bring off, you know, allow this defensive end to work into the flat coverage there and then allow your safety to kind of replace that corner. But I love the idea of bringing these backside corners immediately on Brendan Armstrong. So he's forced to make a decision of, you know, I need to either tuck this ball and run now, or I'm going to sit here and get smoked by a, by a cornerback essentially. So that is something that I like too, is playing games with these defensive linemen, dropping them into coverage and replacing them with a four-man stunt with either your linebacker or your defensive back.
1: Right. So you're saying, you know, like you you started off by saying you cannot blitz. What you really mean is you cannot blitz your your linebackers necessarily. You should agree more. There than are other five ways guys. to get pressure, right? But there are other ways to get pressure on him.
2: Yeah. You just need to create four-man four-man pres- four pressures with different stunts. And you can blitz a corner, but you need to replace that corner. You can blitz a well, linebacker, exactly. Exactly. but you need to replace that linebacker. Essentially, so I would I, Notre Dame. I don't see them bringing more than more than six guys this week. I, I think bringing five is, is enough, or is more than enough too. I see that majority of the time you'll see them working four man fronts, uh, different stunts among the defensive line, and then again, you know, maybe dropping that defensive end into coverage, and that's an advantage for Notre Dame because of the athleticism of Botello. Jean Baptiste those are guys who can easily fold into coverage here and there essentially. Yeah exactly. Um, so to kind of take it a step further, I really want to emphasize oh it's sorry let me let me uh, before I get into that I think if you get into second and third and long um, you're gonna see a court a, a dedicated QB spy and that's going to be the Maris Leafow or the Jalen Sneeds of the game where if it's second and third and long yeah it's a passing down but it's not really a passing down for nc state um in, in all regards because brennan armstrong would love to run the ball so how do you beat that you get a nice four-man stunt and then you have a quarterback spy with maris um or Jalen sneed who who has eyes on the quarterback at all times
1: eyes good athleticism the whole thing yeah
2: right and then this will bring me into my last point and again i i want to emphasize how important um, these deep, these up for upfront four guys are for Notre Dame, they are going to dictate um, this game and, and really ultimately determine the success of, you know, whether or not Brennan Armstrong has a great game. And, and this is going to go back to exactly what Marcus Freeman was just talking about um, in his press conference. There has to be um, lane, what I'll call lane integrity. And when I was playing um, football, we called this the cage concept. I'm not sure if you've heard of this before, um, but it's you have a high cage and you have a low cage. Your high cage are your ends, your defensive ends. Your, those are your high cage players. Um, and then your low cage players are your one technique and your three technique. Um, and so your high cage players, those guys attack or suffocate the upfield shoulder of the quarterback. So if the quarterback is coming out this way, you want to keep your upfield shoulder and keep him inside of that pocket. But again, you're not going to go too far up the field. I think the word that I would like to use is condense or suffocate. You want to come upfield and keep that upfield shoulder, but also squeeze the pocket and force Brennan Armstrong to have to step up into the pocket, essentially, because you want him to step into your defensive lineman. And if he decides he wants to run it up the middle, well, you got linebackers coming to fold in as well. So these, these high cage players have to keep the quarterback upfield shoulder and they can't get too far downfield. They have to squeeze or condense the quarterback. Um, And then when we're talking about the low cage players, um, these are, again, these are your one and and three technique, your, you know, your tackle and nose guard. These guys also need to to basically squeeze or or condense the pocket um, and, and not allow Brennan Armstrong, the ability to kind of run right up the middle. So I, I, in terms of you know how this defense performs this weekend, it's going to be up to the front four. And I like that challenge for Notre Dame because they have so much depth at the front four and athleticism. Sure. They can rotate a lot of bodies and they have the athleticism to keep that upfield shoulder on the quarterback and squeezing him or condensing him back into the pocket.
1: Yeah, it, and it could be a situation somewhat similar to when you face Navy because assignments are going to be important just in terms of who's the best contain guy you know those those different kind of things you could see specific guys out there for specific those kind of specific purposes i guess exactly All right. Great stuff. We will see how it all turns out. Is that all you've got for us
2: on the old whiteboard tonight, Jess? Yeah. Uh, Session is uh, over. I think I got a good 25, 30 minutes in there. So I I need to take a sip of water here. (laughs) I'm getting a little dry. Hydrate. Hydrate. we